Good morning, and welcome to Church on the Hill. We've been talking about putting down roots, and I believe it's possible that if you embrace God's process and timeline for building your root system, I believe it's not only possible to survive, but to thrive in the midst of it. And by thriving, I mean growing in wisdom, character, faith, endurance, strength, and more. Fruitlessness in your life comes about very similarly to the natural process, where you sow a seed in good soil, the seed splits open, and after time and water, sunlight, nutrients, the seed breaks open and a shoot comes out of the ground and it grows and it puts down roots to hold to give it a foundation to hold uh, what goes outside the ground up to keep it standing and then it produces fruit. God does the same similar thing with us. God plants the seed of his word inside of you and waters it with his Holy Spirit bringing it to life. He begins to give you insight into who he created you to be in him and what he's calling you to do with him. And then he starts to build a root system for that seed in your heart. As we learned last week, your heart is your point of connection with Jesus. It's the place where you become rooted in relationship with him. Not by your words, not by your actions, but by your heart. And he wants to develop this heart-to-heart connection with you to the point where you become fully united with him, where you think like he thinks, want what he wants, speak like he speaks, and do what he does. That's what it means to remain in him. Only when you remain in him will you produce fruit that lasts. We learned that last week. <clears throat> For you to bear in abundant, enduring fruit, God needs to make you bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. You have to let Him build your root system in secret before He leads you into making a visible impact in the world. With Joseph, it took 13 years from the time he had his dream. Moses, 40 years. Jesus was 30 when he started his ministry. But we're going to look at David. David was a prototype of New Testament believers, particularly because of his unique intimacy with God and his understanding that God desires a pure heart more than sacrifice and offering. All that David accomplished, I believe we can trace back to where it started. He was probably just between 10 and 13 years old. If you remember, Samuel came to anoint the king and went through all the brothers of uh, all the sons of Jesse. Until finally, Samuel said, well, is this all of them? And Jesse said, no, there's one out in the field. And it was David. But God wasn't looking for another Saul. He wasn't looking for someone who looked like the king. He was looking for someone with the right heart. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, it says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. God was saying, I'm looking for someone who will let me grow him on the inside before I grow him on the outside. Saul, the king before David, looked like the king, but he wasn't sufficiently rooted in God's heart to lead a nation in God's way. 
If you remember, David was between 10 and 13 when he was anointed as king, but it wasn't until he was 30 that he became king. 30 years old. It takes time to get down roots. Scripture shows us what people look like who have no roots. In eight, Luke, in Luke eight, chapter thir- in Luke eight, verse thirteen through fourteen, it says, "But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time, in the time of temptation, fall away." Verse fourteen. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the care, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. These people initially received the word with joy. They had a sense of excitement and anticipation for the vision God had planted in their hearts. Yet they did not allow the gardener, capital G, to come in and remove the rocks and weeds from the soil of their hearts. I can remember being with my dad and him making me go out into the field and remove rocks from the field. I hated that job. I didn't understand it. It seemed pointless, a waste of my time. thought he was just trying to teach me something. But you've got to remove the rocks from the land or you'll break the plow. Your seeds won't grow. Uh, we just, we've learned what happens to the rocky soil. They didn't, <clears throat> when we don't allow God to remove the rocks and the stuff from our lives, we don't allow God to cultivate roots in our lives. And as a result, the word dies off and never bears any fruit. You know, anybody can start a race. The real question in our lives is not how strong we will begin our race to pursue God's call, but how strong we will finish it. My son and I are training for the Haunted Half Marathon coming up in the middle of October. I want you to know, everybody here today could sign up and go start that race but not everyone is going to finish it. There are far few finishers in life than beginners. Finishers are impressive. Why? Because they see what so many don't see. They see God's version of success is infinitely superior to the world's version of success. Remember, God's version of success looks like building our lives on eternal things, for eternal things. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, While we look, not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We're going to be looking at David and the different elements God developed in his root system during nearly two decades. The main thing God wanted David to be rooted in was a deep trust in him. For God to establish this trust in David's life, he had to prepare him in three different soils. The first is the soil of intimacy. As a shepherd in the field, David built a relationship with God in prayer and worship and dependence on God as he fought private battles with lions and bears. In the field, David developed a secret place lifestyle. The second soil is the soil of serving. He has served his father and his brothers. King Saul, and David took a posture of humility that positioned him to receive God's grace. 
In serving, David chose to trust God to promote him rather than to take matters into his own hands and try to fulfill the word on his life through self-promotion. Do you remember David had at least two times that he could have easily killed King Saul and taken the throne, but he didn't. Literally, King Saul was laying there asleep in front of him. But David understood the anointed man of God and that it was not his part to remove the king. That was God's part. So many times we get in the way and we try to make things happen by self-promoting ourselves, and that never goes well. Finally, the third soil is the soil of community. When 400 men joined David in the cave of, in the cave of Adullam, and he learned what it meant to be a leader of men. He learned he could trust his friends and his brothers as well as God to learn to encourage and inspire. He learned to take hits. He learned to model a standard of honor, and he learned to lead with a vision. And you know, those 400 that he had were the bottom of the barrel. They were roughnecks. But he developed relationship with them. And you know what happened? They would follow him to the death. David, God used David right where he was. He did not wait until he was in the castle to begin to develop roots. Church, listen to me. You are where you are because God has planted you there. You're not in the wrong place. You are where you are because God has planted you there. God can grow roots in you no matter what job you have, no matter what circumstances you're in, no matter what age you are. Even if you have missed past opportunities or you have wandered far from God, you can start over right now, wherever you are. Let God begin to build and cultivate a root system in you. God cultivating a root system in you is not this 30-minute sermon. For some dumb reason, we think that our entire spirituality is wrapped up in this service. You want to know what's wrong with the church? That. If my success with the Lord was based on 30 minutes, I would be in trouble. I would be in trouble. And even though I try to live my life for the Lord, I still find myself in trouble. My flesh and my mind has a tendency of getting me off track very easily. How many times have you lost track of what I'm even talking about this morning? Pastor, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not talking about being faithful to this sermon and this sermon series. I'm talking about you and the Lord. Change your tune. God always develops us before he develops our vision. If we don't understand that, if we try to develop our vision before we're developed with God, we'll resist it. 
We'll get frustrated and we'll end up disappointed and disillusioned. But if we expect and embrace God's root building process in our lives, guess what? We have success. We have set ourselves up for success. But not only will we be set up for success, we will thrive in the process. Let's embrace the process. Let's choose to be disciples. Let's choose to be discipled. Let's choose to be finishers. Let's choose to be those who are rooted. The Apostle Paul is an example of someone who thrived through every, thrived through every circumstance. You remember he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's one of the most quoted verses, one of my favorites. But we forget the two verses before. We looked at this last week. It says, Philippians 4, 11. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to, be, I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I have learned to be full and hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. The success of you walking with the Lord is not just being great when you're great, not just being great with the Lord when you're great, but being great with the Lord in every situation. If that's not where you are, then great. You need roots. We need to get roots down. There are seasons in my life where I've had everything and I've had nothing. But I want you to know in every season, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not just in the seasons when things are good. Not just when I have money in my bank account. When I have no money in my bank account, I've seen God move stronger when I've had nothing than when I've had everything. Why? Because I get in the way. Was God moving in all? Can he move in all? Can he be 100% in me in the good and the bad? Yes, that's what he wants. Not just in the bad. God doesn't want to be just a part of your bad. Because you know all you do is whine. Every now and then, I want to have a relationship with my wife and my children where it's not what they need. They don't do that at all. I've got great relationship. But I can tell you, sometimes it's all about need. Can we just hang out and not need anything for just a minute? Don't you know God says the same thing? Hey, let's just be together for just a minute. David went through the same thing. Have you ever looked at all the challenges that he faced? Accused by his family, trying to be killed by his king. <clears throat> stuck in caves, stuck in the fields, going up against animals, going up against Goliath. Has David not had challenges? David thrived. I'm going to close with, with one thing here that, that causes us to prevent, that causes prevention from us thriving. Because we face these challenges. Four distractions that keep us from thriving. We wish we were in somebody else's process. Have you ever looked and think, man, that's what I wish, that's where I wish I was. I wish I had that marriage. I wish I had that job. I wish I had that friend. I wish I had that. I wish I had that. I wish I could do that because, man, I would study and I'd work so hard right there. No, you wouldn't. You'd do exactly like you're doing right now. If I had that, I would be better. I would show up on time. I would study. I would work hard. Nope, you wouldn't. God says if you're faithful over little, he'll give you much. If you're not faithful where you are, you won't be faithful where you go. That's why God's, not, God's trying to grow roots where you are. 
Where you are is the right place to grow roots. Not when you get the best job. Not when you get the best spouse. Not when you get the best situation. No, now. So that when you do get it, you can hang on. Preaching now. Two, we resist the lesson that God's trying to teach us. Anybody done that? Three, we rush the process. I think that as we get older, we see, we see this in younger people. We never see it in us at the stage that we're in. We just see younger people doing this. Younger people trying to have a house. 20-year-olds trying to have the house that 40-year-olds have. And all it does is put chains on you. And you try to say, hey, man, start small. You know what they're thinking? Man, just shut up. I can do this. I got this. Okay. I'm having a talk with one of my kids just yesterday. I said, look, I know coming from a parent, you want to think I'm just trying to make your life no fun. It's not it at all. I want you to have fun. I love to have fun. What are you doing? She's holding that, and I'm like, well, point at that screen. Don't point at, yeah. Point at the one I'm not standing in front of, and then I won't be paranoid that you're going to post something. I'm talking about my kids, and they're going to have that forever if it gets posted to the Internet, if I say something stupid. But I had just had that statement of, I know it feels, because I've had parents, and I've taken it wrong them not letting me go to certain people's houses, them not letting me do certain things. I can see now what they were doing, but I could not see it then. I thought they were the devil. That Vicky Ballancourt, the devil, mama. <laughs> That's what I thought. And if y'all knew me at that age, you knew. I was shut down to what people were trying to speak over me. So as I had this conversation with my child, I'm just like, look, I know you can take it this way, but really, this is why I'm saying it. I have been there. I have done that. I've done what you're doing. And all I could encourage you is don't do it. Let me try to help you here. Finally, we skip steps. We try to get to that place before God can get us there. All that does is set us up to be uprooted. If a, if a monarch butterfly skips a step, it does not make it. It dies. If you try to help that monarch butterfly out of its cocoon, it skips a step of strengthening those wings so that it can fly, and it comes out deformed, and it won't fly. We cannot rush the process. So as I close, I'm going to change gears for just a minute. I want you to know that you are all called to something. God's got a plan for you. But one thing I know that you're called to do is to go into all nations making disciples. Not one of you here gets to miss that one. Jesus said before he left, go into all nations making disciples. And the Lord has really been speaking into my heart this week. Listen, church, we have been through bumps and bruises. We've been through things, and we've seen us grow, and we've seen us uh, wither. 
And I want you to know God wants us to grow as a church body. He wants you to grow as a family. He wants you to grow spiritually. He wants you to grow financially. He wants you to grow in all areas. And one way that we grow the church is by doing what he says to do. And he says, go into all nations making disciples. And I'm like, God, that's great. We go into the nation. We help people get saved. How does that grow the church? And you know what God, the image that God gave me is we rescued a cat. At, at my nephew's wedding two years ago, and it was at the verge of death. Could see its bones, wasn't getting enough to eat, was skittish, didn't trust at all, was scared to death. And we brought it in. We took it to the doctor for 200 bucks or whatever. I can't even hardly stand to talk about it. I've got kids that are allergic to cats. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? We got the, the cat. We, we gave it some food. But we could not cage it up. We let it go. We open up the door, we let it outside, and we let it go. And if it wants to come back, it can. And we called for it. And we looked for it and searched for it. And here comes a little kitty. Each night, late, would come in and eat, hang out inside for a little bit, and then we'd put him in the garage, then we'd open the garage up and let it go. But the way that as you go out and make disciples and you connect with people around you, the way that they come to church is that you don't let them go. Can you imagine we, that we feed that cat and then go take it back to where we found it? Hey, buddy, I just got you healthy. I gave you a shot. I gave you a little bit of food. Now, good luck. Can you imagine somebody that has been broken and finally will consider changing their life by saying, okay, you've talked to me about Jesus. I taste Jesus in you. I want what you have. Great. I give it to you. Now, good luck. No, the way the church grows is by you bringing them into your group into your home, into your social group. doesn't necessarily have to be church, but it will be. That's God's plan is to get them within the, the confines of the body of Christ. It doesn't end by just going out and helping them pray a prayer. It begins. It, say, it doesn't say go out here and have people pray a prayer and get saved. It says go out here and make disciples. Getting them to pray the prayer of salvation is not making a disciple. It's time to eat. Do you hear me? That's how this works. Go out. Taste like Jesus. Be Jesus. Change people's lives. And then in, introduce them into your family. Our cat now in the house all the time. Not afraid of us. We just got a little robot vacuum. Now he's afraid of that. What are these nuts going to do next? To make my life miserable. And we do that. What happens in church? People come in and they're like, uh-oh, what are they doing now? They've got a robot vacuum that drives me nuts. I hate that thing. But then you stick around and all of a sudden you don't even remember it's there. Why? Because when you were hungry, we fed you. When you were hurting, we cried with you. When you had a need, we met it. And when I had a need, you got to help me meet it. And you begin fulfillment within the body of Christ. Go into all nations and make disciples. Let's start winning our city for Christ. Win those people that are around you that are going to hell. And then introduce them into your family. Don't run from them. Don't run from them. 
Let's be different. Let's change the world. We do need to get roots down, but we need to be advancing the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. This is what Jesus has called us to do. Stop sitting in the pew and let's get to work. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up with me and let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you, Lord, to just awaken us. Awaken our spirit. God, you have created us. And I just ask you this morning to awaken our spirit. And Lord, I just ask that we would yield to you. To your hands to be placed upon us and that we would seek you. And that, Lord, we would find you. And then it would be more than a Sunday morning, but it would be a lifestyle. Father, I just ask for our hearts to change. You may be here today and you may have never made that first decision. Would you do that today? Would you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? We want to bring you into this family. This is a good family. This is a family that cares. I just ask you right now just to tell the Lord, Lord, I yield my heart to you. And I ask you to soften my heart and help me to get on a pathway of abiding in you and in your word. Help me to have the strength and the courage to leave here today and to start a different life. And Father, I just ask you, according to your word, the roots would go down and that when the winds would come, we would bend, but we won't break. And that we will produce fruit in season and out of season. And that we would be the head and not the tail. That we would be above and not beneath because you are in us and we are in you. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.